Todd Conklin, Pre-Accident Investigation. How are you today? Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a tiny little shorty, but it's summer. We can we can suffer through some short ones. It should have been longer, but well, there's some. There was a really aggressive guy who was in charge of microphones who was bossing us around, and he cut us off. I'll just I'll just say it, and the, and they weren't very. Uh, they weren't negotiable. I mean, he was nice. He was super nice, but they wouldn't negotiate. So uh, before I'm getting a, the cart before the horse, I believe, as it happens. So um, I'm sure glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Lots of new listeners. And you know what? You guys are more than welcome. I'm glad you're here. It is quite a little podcast community. And you know, it is the most listened to safety podcast in the world, Todo El Mundo. And that's exciting, I guess. I don't know. It started out as kind of a goofy hobby. It is a beautiful Saturday. It's about 9.45 in the morning. I'm sitting here in Santa Fe just enjoying the vibe. I was sitting outside uh, in my little garden where the temperature is about 78 degrees, no bugs, blue skies, sunny, wonderful. Uh, It couldn't get much nicer. Uh, I was thinking about this this morning. My outside is what malls try to build all year long. Um, and I just have it. No bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm not comparing, for instance, my house to Houston, where it was a million degrees and a million percent humidity, or uh, Singapore, where it's really hot and there's a lot of uh, world leaders or, you know, that kind of stuff going on. It's just a, kind of a beautiful day, and it's a perfect day to do a podcast because I owe you one. Actually, I kind of got to get ahead of this one because uh, there's much going on. It's very much going on. It's b- very exciting. So I don't know if you know this or not, but today's podcast is going to be about uh, the plenary session we did at ASSP, the American Society of Safety Professionals. I'm still kind of getting used to that. I do like that name better, I think. I think it makes more sense. Uh, it's just hard to unlearn stuff. But, you know, that's what we do. We constantly unlearn stuff. And we're, so if you've never spoken at one of those big plenaries, first of all, you should. Uh, I'll get you in. I know people. Secondly, I don't know if you know this, but behind the stage thing, you know, they have these these big giant drapes hanging up. Behind there is like a lot of little sound people and video people and directors and stuff that boss people around. And then there's a little, I think they call it the green room, but nothing in there is, I mean, it's not green. It's just more drape and piping and, and, and there's nice chairs and stuff to like Diet Coke and water and stuff to drink. And, um, and that's where you have to go before the presentation starts. And so because we did this plenary with uh, a, a gang of people, we were supposed to meet there at like 12 o'clock or 1230 or something. And then we went on at 1 o'clock. Well, so what they did is they, they had lunch for us, just a little, my favorite lunch, the executive deli tray. So they had, you know, meats and pretzel buns and stuff. And uh, and the gang of us that did the plenary met back there. And so it was Tom Krause. He was the he was the the captain of the love boat. He was the moderator of Meet the Press or whatever he was. And then uh, Lori Shelby from Tesla was there. And um, Al Johnson from Cargill was there. And Ellis Jones uh, from Goodyear was there. And myself, I was there. And Scott Geller was there and we're having lunch and 
I never will talk about what we're going to talk about at the plenary before the plenary because it seems stupid to me because why would you have the conversation backstage that you want to have on stage? So, and I'm kind of, you know, I tell these guys, stop talking about it. We're not talking about it. And I won't tell them what I'm going to say and all this kind of stuff. And I had a little plan because the the presentation was in the Stars at Night ballroom. And so I thought I could say the stars at night are big and bright and just wait and see if people would clap. And by the way, they did. And uh, that was going to be my kind of my entertainment that I was going to entertain myself with. But nonetheless, I'm getting a little lost. Um, One of the things I decided I would do is take my little recorder and actually sit down and record with um, with anybody who wanted to talk. But it ended up being with Scott Geller, um, sort of what was going on in his mind before the uh, the plenary session started. Because last year's plenary was pretty interesting, and um, Scott came in, and I was anxious to see if he was aggressive or if he was gonna, if he was, what what he was gonna talk about, and uh, and so I just I just turned my little microphone on and recorded, and that kind of got us um, what you're about to hear. Now, unfortunately, it's it's there's not a lot of it there, because um, the guy who puts the microphones on us. May, he he actually made us stop. Um, I think you might even hear it, although he was doing a lot of it with nonverbal, very aggressive signals. Um, but I think this is good. I know this is good if you're interested in sort of the contemporary history of safety in the United States. You, you kind of want to hear what Scott has to say. And if you are familiar at all with, with Scott, he um, he's not a person that doesn't – he doesn't hesitate to – to tell you the truth as he sees it. And that's kind of what he's going to talk about now. And it was, it was a good conversation. I think you'll enjoy listening to it. It's certainly worth the time to spend a few moments and, and kind of hear the, the panel debate and and I'll get it out there for you as soon as it is up. I'll make sure we make a podcast out of it because it seems like something good to do. The panel debate this year was, was much more agreeable. And in my opinion, I'll probably talk a little bit about this after it's over. But in my opinion, it strikes me that um, that what we did last year had some impact and that Scott had gone back and really thought about sort of the intersection between behavioral-based safety and kind of safety differently, the, the new view for safety. And disruption, as you know, is always, well, disruptive. And we're, once I would have characterized his response as somewhat defensive – um, kind of hunkering down, doubling down, and pushing harder. Now he's he's much more open and available, or at least he was um, during our session, for kind of a long discussion on on how the world's changing and what his role and the way he thinks and the programs he manages, how they sort of fit into this. I, st- I still am just struck by the fact that the answer to many questions is people should care more. Um, and that will always probably uh, scare me, but that's kind of a part of the next podcast that we talk about. This is a podcast where you're going to get to actually hear really what Scott Geller thinks about the world and all its uh, sundry items that surround it um, in a, a little 10 minute discussion around what we're going to do next when we get up on that stage. So let me shut up for a moment because I think it's time for me to do that and actually play this clip for you and see what you think. This is um, Scott Geller backstage at ASSP 2018 in San Antonio, Texas, and a little discussion about sort of the world as we know it. Sit back and see what you think. 
privilege to teach, the privilege to teach the psychology of safety is what this is about. What is the psychology of safety? The psychology of safety is the human dynamics. What is psychology? Psychology is the science of experience. And psychologists have studied for years that experience. And people in the safety world need to understand basic principles, basic life lessons. I call them life lessons now from psychology. And that's, that's what people need to know because behavior-based safety, whatever you want to call it, making a difference, when you call it HOP, whatever you call it, there's a human dynamic that people need to understand. And that's what the psychology of safety is. And that's, 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 I'm, that's the end. My career is coming to an end. My life is going to really? be you, Are you planning on dying soon? Well, I've I've got some cancer I'm dealing with. Oh no! Oh yeah, but I'm dealing with it for 15 years. I was worried you're thinking about doing it during the session because that would totally be a quite an ending if you just stood up and fell over. <laughs> if anybody could make that happen, you could make that happen, Todd. I mean, seriously, yeah. Well, you know, your self-esteem could get so low, your self-efficacy so low that you just want to. Do it in, and you don't feel you have friends. Do you? Is that a problem you have, Scott? Because that strikes me as uh, you have a lot of problems, but that wouldn't be one I'd put on your radar. Well, I am an introvert. <laughs> I am an introvert. No, it's, it's, I, I totally get that. And, and extra extrovert, you're an extrovert, and so you do have. You get energy from people. You get energy from people. You'll be energized after this discussion today. I'll be tired after the discussion today, but I'm going to love it anyway. See, I'm inspired to keep going from people who appreciate the psychology of safety. Do you think safety is a choice? Of course it's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, if you mean behaving safely, it shouldn't be a choice. It should be a requirement. But what about well, you can't that? Have, you can't have both. I mean, okay. you just, okay. well, either column A or column B. Well, I have fighted this. This Safety is a condition of employment. How does that make people feel? Well, I don't get that at all. That no, doesn't make no, sense no. to me. No, well, well, that's because safety should... It should feel like a choice. It should feel like a choice. Because when people believe they had some autonomy, some choice in what they're doing, they're more likely to be self-motivated, self-directed, self-persuaded. So let me take that down the free agency side a little. The belief I have autonomy, is that the same as having autonomy? No. You have to believe you have it. You can give people choice, but they not, might not believe they have yeah, choice. But, I, but what would you say if I told you the world was predetermined? that the world was sort of set forth and there were forces stronger than us that sort of determined the future, uh, kind of a more Calvinistic approach. What sure. do you think about that? Sure, and the behavioral psychologists really believe that your behavior is determined by consequences and by the environment. But within that space, I can still think, I can still choose. I have choice within that space. So if you choose to be safe, does that mean when you have an accident, you choose to have an accident? No. And by the way, I dislike the word. I know. I was waiting for you to react, and you <laughs> took a little longer. I kind of thought you'd jump up and down, but you didn't. Well, well, you know, I went to a workshop that Terry Mathis did, a, a day-long workshop, and we had that argument. You know, what's an unintentional injury? Well, that is an accident. What's an incident? An incident, by the first definition of an incident, is an intentional injury. So, you know what? Why don't we call it what it is? It's an injury or it's property damage. That's Why do we give it a label? That label is confusing. And when people hear the word accident, they think of chance. It's just an accident, said President Clinton several years ago. And, accident, and also yesterday. 
Did he say it yesterday? <laughs> you haven't followed the news? Oh, you got a big thing to watch today. <laughs> oh, he did. And, and accidents happen to people. That's what he said, you know. So, and people, people get that. It's just an accident. You know, it's a crash on the highway. It's not an accident. Accident implies a lack of personal control, a lack of choice. And that's not good. And by the way, we are just talking about people's, the meaning of words. The dictionary might say it differently, but it's how it feels to people. Well, uh, I mean, the Worf Sapir hypothesis says that meanings are in people, not in words. I mean, you, the, you, you give the word meaning. But what I find so interesting is that fundamentally, the world, the world in which you work is a world in which workers choose their outcomes. They choose their future. And I think that's really an interesting challenge. Well, we have to provide that choice. We have to set it up so they perceive they have choice. You know, if we have rules and mandates, it comes across as top-down, and it's a requirement, not an opportunity. How we talk can make us believe we have choice or not, you know? I mean, is it, must you do this? I got to do this or I get to do this? Do you wake up to an alarm clock or an opportunity clock? And it's how you talk about it. And leaders can talk about assignments and responsibilities in a way that promotes the perception of choice. So what do you want to come out of this little second plenary? Because to be really honest, I think doing it twice is kind of a dumb idea. I, I think we'll never have the magic we had the first time, but that's just me. I mean, what do you want to come out of this one? I want us to see that we need to come together. Todd, you have tools in HOP that the behavior-based safety people can use. But behavioral safety or the psychology of safety has tools that HOP can use. So I would like people to see the interdependency between us. You know, we ended that last debate kind of showing mutual respect for each other. And we, I think we hugged, didn't we hug? We did hug, man. It was a highlight for me and the, the crowd loved it. Because, you know, what's interesting is when people come across as we never really disliked each other when we came across as conflict and then we came together as appreciating each other that made that appreciation even stronger for the observers wow these guys can can have conflict can be different and look at them now that that we, i think we set an example for what it should be is this new safety a threat or an opportunity to you what i don't know what new safety is but i'll tell you something if if we listened better, history wouldn't have to repeat itself. And I think there's a lot of history that people need to know. And I'm not convinced I understand what new safety is. You mean new HOP? I think new safety means the needs needs to bring the tools of HOP and the tools of psychology and behavior-based psychology together. Maybe that's what you mean by the new safety. I think new safety takes a shift. I mean, we'll talk about it in the next hour for sure. But I think it's 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 more than uh, it's it's a fundamental shift of philosophies. Okay, I guess I'm I'm not familiar with what we're saying is the fundamental shift, unless you mean leaders need to take more of a role in safety. I mean, what is the shift? So ultimately, we should probably save this for the discussion on the stage. Oh, okay. Because we'll run out of stuff. <laughs> we can repeat it later. I mean, what the heck? Maybe I'm going to learn from you. Listen, we live, you and I live to learn. It's about learning and it's about teaching others. That's our legacy, teaching and learning. And everybody who listens to us, that should be their legacy. Learn from the principles, learn from the research, and teach it to others. 
instead of in our own little isolated world with our smartphone, thinking we have the answers. We need each other. It's interdependency. So what do you think? <laughs> See? See what I mean? Like a, at one point during the, the actual discussion, I said, uh, uh, are you the same Scott Geller? I mean, what did they do with the uh, old Scott Geller that was here last year? And you guys, I kissed him. Uh, you know, not like a lip kiss, not like a romantic kiss, but I kissed him when he actually talked about the notion of, of systems and safety. This this idea, in fact, the way he ended the podcast is so interesting to me that we need each other, the interdependency. Um I think that's I th- I think that's a really positive piece of feedback because a, a big part of what we want to change is not Scott Keller. Um, you know, he's a nice guy that's carried a lot of heavy water, and his entire career has been around safety. And I absolutely 100% believe his intentions were pure, are pure, and 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 he wants the best. I mean, there's really no reason. And he's never given anybody a reason to think anything differently, and you'd be kind of evil if you did. It's not Scott Geller that the world needs to change. It's the companies around which very strong, almost historical artifacts have been built that say we have to fix that worker. And this is really all about the big shift, and that's really what Safety Differently is about anyway. And and, and that's why I even volunteered to do this second panel. It's not because uh, the panel's really fun, and it's not because you can recapture magic twice in two years. I knew the second year was going to be different because it's always going to be different. This discussion really is about moving people towards the understanding that the worker is not the problem to be fixed. The worker, in fact, is the the problem solver. The worker is the is the part of the organization that we count on, we rely on to not only do adaptively work or to do adaptive work in the work environment, but we also rely on them to to really create and maintain safety in a complex environment. I mean that that's what they do. And in order to get them there, we have to move beyond the belief that had the worker not made an at-risk choice, for God's sakes, whatever that means, he would have been safer. That really is a very elaborate way to say a better worker would not have had this accident. And near as I could tell, and check me on this, I could be wrong, that argument, a better worker would not have this accident, is not very helpful because we didn't have a different worker in the accident. And so our challenge is, is to move organizations from what once they thought was the right thing to do, which is manage behaviors, to really a much more enlightened world where they do something quite different. They ask workers what they need in order to create an environment that has the ability to maintain adaptive work in a complex environment and fail safely. It's not about risk, you guys. It's about controls. It's not about behaviors. It's about actually understanding expertise and problem solving. And so when we get all wound well, maybe I should own this. When I get all wound up and think, you know, this is my chance to really move Scott Geller from old school to new school, I don't mean that. I, I really don't. I mean, I, what I want to do is help organizations understand that there's another way. And in essence, 
In essence, maybe that is exactly the interdependence that Mr. Dr. Sweet Scott Geller introduces as his closing thought in our kind of little discussion. It's, um, it's something to think about, that's for sure. And the challenge we have, just like every other thing we do, is to realize that our job ultimately is to move people beyond the old blame and punish model into a place where what we focus on as an organization is continuous learning and improvement. And that's really all we want. I mean, that's all we've ever wanted. But to get there, well, to get there, we've got to create an environment where that's possible. And that's what we're here to do. That's our job. That's exactly our job. And that's why I thought this little podcast would be important for you to hear. It's a, it's a secret little uh, entree into backstage at the giant stage performance for the plenary. But more importantly, it's a chance for you and I to listen to what Scott Geller had to say. In a moment where his guard was down, he was preparing for a presentation, and he was sitting amongst a group of people who uh, genuinely cared what he had to say. And I think that's a great part of what we do. So that's the podcast. It's a shorty, but that's all right. It's summer. Take the extra 10 minutes and enjoy it. Relax. Act like the podcast is still playing, but just sit there quietly and see what happens. That'd be a good ending for this podcast as well. Until then, my friend, look for the entire uh, show to be on the podcast soon, as soon as it's out there and ready. But this is a little teaser mid-season kind of around that. Until then, have as much fun as you possibly can. Learn something new every single day, and for goodness sakes, be safe. <laughs>